The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Is the good news for America in terms of consumer spending coming on the heels of bad news for fiscal responsibility? And this is sort of one of the angsts underpinning some of the longer term yields and how much they've risen. Joining us to help parse through uh, exactly this question, David Malpass, former president of the World Bank uh, here with us in New York. David, to that question, how much are the buoyant retail sales, the resilience of the economy being financed by a increasingly fiscally irresponsible government, not just in the U.S., but globally. Yeah, this is a huge factor because as they pump out money uh, in, fis- in terms of spending, not just the fiscal deficit, but all of the spending has to be added up, and it's material within the global economy. So they're an engine of demand uh, that's sitting in the U.S. You know, we're talking about $2 trillion per year fiscal deficit. It used to be after a crisis like the COVID crisis, you would bring down the fiscal deficit, but this time it's gone up, and plan- to go up even more into the future. Uh, and so that has to be at one explanation. That was my Wall Street Journal uh, column uh, a couple weeks ago, the idea that, uh, that, that as you try to raise interest rates, it doesn't really get at this part of demand. There's also a question about how much of uh, some sort of united effort there can be by uh, global developed markets, by governments that are not on the same page anymore in the same kind of way. How much is there sort of a go it alone, keep borrowing until you can't anymore feeling that wasn't there, say, 10 years ago? Clearly, during COVID, there was an official policy of the of of IMF, of ECB, of the of the U.S. Uh, to spend as much as possible, and a lot of the developing countries did that. They borrowed at floating rates. So now the, the, there is the the need for adjustment. There was talk on your previous sector segment of whether five percent interest rates is sustainable. I find that I'm really skeptical of that because if you think of the whole concept of finance, it's based on a return on investment. So if your riskless rate is 5%, what possible projects could you be doing that are going to return more than 5% over a period of time? It doesn't add up. So we have to get to a spot where there can be lower interest rates. I think that requires a lot more downward pressure on prices from production. So the the whole question mark variable is how much energy production is going to be done in order to make up for all these deficits. You can't run the world economy on $85 a barrel oil with a hostage crisis going on. That's not going to be sustainable. Yeah, this is fascinating. There's a David Malpass World Bank president who had a certain aura about him. We've got sitting here the Bear Stearns David Malpass. We're talking here an immediacy and a and change is, is you come out of the World Bank into the private sector. Again, there have been David Malpass fears for years. I don't see the politicians agreeing with you in Washington. Brussels, London, 
the rest of the capitals around the world. It's spend, 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 David. How do we get here? Yeah, they're, they're, but the capitals are really resistant to making any changes in the, the growth of government. So in each of the cities you named, those cities are booming while their countries are not doing uh, nearly as well. And that goes into the Federal Reserve policy, which I've also complained about. Look, look what we've done. We've gone from 0% interest rates now to five and people are five and a half and people are saying, well, we might just keep them at five. It doesn't make is any more sense. Is it a policy sense. for elites? Is that what this it's is all about? It's a policy for elites. Yeah. Think of how much money is made when you go to zero. Uh, you know, the, uh, Wall Street and the financial markets get really rich on 0% rates. Now as you adjust, they've locked in their low rates and everybody else is paying floating rates. So the five, it doesn't make any more sense to talk about high for long, high right. interest rates for long, than it was for low for long. Why did we go year after year with, with economists saying low for long is great for the world? It wasn't. It allocated capital to <coughs> okay, narrow segments. I'll take segments. your point on that, but this is critical now. You were discussing, as you have for, for uh, a generation, David Malpass, <laughs> the idea that this is a policy for elites. When we clear that, do we clear it with stability and controlled glide paths, or do you see jump conditions and instability here? That's that's yet to be seen, and it depends then on where it settles out. So if you uh, if oil prices stay at 85, I think that ends up uh, forcing the Fed to keep the rates long. The the wealthy are able to adjust to that, and they preserve their capital. If you could get uh, oil prices down, it would be an effective response to Russia, to Iran, to the, yeah, to, 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 the, to the power that's growing outside the United States. So that becomes a critical issue, just like it was, uh, I hate to think back in history, but in the Reagan administration in 80, 81, 82, the critical turning point was oil was plunging as, uh, as markets resolved, and then you got a favorable recovery. Right now, we seem to be further and further away from the reality that you're putting forth as the likelihood for some sort of of easy resolution to what we're dealing with right now. It seems like oil prices are on the brink of actually a breakout higher as a result of the conflict in the Middle East. Just how vulnerable is the global economy if it does go to 100, 110, $120 a barrel? It's, it's a dangerous world. And one problem here is the U.S. won't be the one that feels the brunt of it. So you see the resilience. The fiscal deficit can keep going on. You know, they're planning to do it for another 10 right. years. Uh, and so the U.S. keeps going draining right. capital from rest of the world. And then you see these uh, fred- right. th- these wars breaking out in one country after another. And China, uh, China and Russia both know right. exactly how to put a wedge into that problem. I got to slip this in. Joyce Chang of J.P. Morgan was uh, lights out at the panel on the bond worries to EM. How fragile is EM debt and EM currency stability right now? Really fragile. And so you see currencies in in Nigeria and in Egypt and in other countries under pressure. Of course, Argentina uh, having its currency dive. And so then it becomes really important. Do central banks realize that currency stability Mm -hmm. has to be their guidepost for recovery? That was the the, uh, learning experience, I think, from the Asia crisis in 19. The currencies were crashing. The countries were doing terribly. And then one by one, countries stabilized after that. 
Eric Martin wants to know, our great IMF World Bank reporter, are you going to show up at the spring meetings, David? <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm really focused on global benefits for people around the world, so I'll do okay. whatever I can to help. Good. That's it. Mel Pass, an invitation to the spring meetings. Thank you so much. The former president of the World Bank and just wonderful for decades at uh, Bear Stearns as well. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.